What's up and welcome to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks and writer for BucksNation.com, joined by the host of Locked On Bengals, and you can find him on ESPN Radio 1530 in Cincinnati, as well as 700 WLW, James Rapine. James, how you doing? I'm doing well, James. How are you? This is the crossover edition. This is the James edition. That's what it is. It really is. It's it's gonna. It might get a little confusing for some of the listeners here after a little <laughs> bit because I'm I'm used to being the only James. Um, yeah, it's it's a pleasure to do the show with you. Real excited for the game. Been looking forward to it. As as my listeners know, uh, I am located not too far north of Cincinnati, so I'm surrounded by Bengals fans always hearing grief about the Buccaneers. So uh, I've been, I've had this game circled on the calendar for, for quite a while uh, looking forward to, to the battle down there in the jungle as, as they like to say, make sure you're checking out everything that we're doing on Twitter at locked on bucks at locked on bangles at J underscore bucks and at James Rapine. And that is R A P I E N James Sunday night was not pretty for the Cincinnati Bengals, and, and a lot of people saw it coming. Uh, you know, there was a lot of excitement around the Bengals. They started off hot, only had a few losses, one, of course, to the Steelers in a divisional game, anything can happen, and one to the Carolina Panthers, who are still red hot. But Kansas City just just mopped the, the field with them, and, and we got that classic primetime Dalton type of performance how how are things being gauged as far as the the fan base and and the outlook for the Bengals after after Sunday night it depends on who you ask I mean you're talking about a Bengals fan base that already just coming into the season did not trust Marvin Lewis certainly didn't trust the organization and when they got off to a four and one start it was like uh uh-oh man maybe this team is different maybe this team uh, has changed. Maybe Marvin Lewis can potentially be the guy. Let's wait and see. And I think fans took a wait and see approach to see what happened against Pittsburgh. And obviously that was an L uh, final seconds loss at home. It went down to the wire and then it's like, okay, well they have another opportunity on Sunday night football. Let, let's see what they can do against the, the high flying chiefs. And yes, you're right. I, I don't think many people here expected them to win, but they expected them to be competitive. And the Bengals weren't competitive. So now it's kind of – it's very concerning, I think would be the 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 way to put it. And there are a lot of fans that are saying, same old Bengals, this is just the same team. They're going to win three or three or four more games, and they're going to finish 6-10, and 7-9, 8-8, and eight, and that's <laughs> going to be that. I don't feel that way. I think that if you looked at the Bengals' schedule coming into the year, they started with uh, three of four on the road. Obviously, anytime you play Pittsburgh, they're favored – Uh, or came into the season at least favored to win the division for a reason, you knew that was going to be a tough game. Going to Arrowhead, there's going to be not probably 99% of NFL teams are going to go to Arrowhead and lose this year. I mean, it's just such a a tough place to play in that offense for Kansas City is tough to um, tough to contain. It's impossible to contain, at least if you're the this Bengals defense. So while it, it is bad and there are a ton of concerns and we can get into them at the same time, I think this Bengals team at four and three, has about as much uh, to play for, uh, has a ton to play for, but 
I mean, they're they're four and three. They have a, a Tampa Bay team that's certainly flawed, and we can get into that. They should win this game at home. They they should. Now, I'm not saying they will. I'm not even sure I'm going to predict them to. Uh, but just on paper, home game uh, against a, a Buccaneers team that certainly can put up points, but they gives it gives them up as well. They should win the game. Uh, will they? I'm not sure. I do think it's a must win because if you go to four and four into the bye, you have New Orleans waiting on the other side of your bye. That's going to be a, a tough ask there, even though it's a home game. They still have to go to L.A. They still have to go to Baltimore. They still have to go to Pittsburgh. Um, and you guys saw last week, Cleveland's no pushover. They have two games against them. So the schedule isn't easy. That's why they got to win home games against teams that, that are uh, similar talent level. Uh, and I think that Tampa and Cincinnati ha- have similar talent levels. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, if they lose, it'll be, oh, my God. If they if they win, I don't think fans are going to buy in by any stretch, but they're right where they ought to be for a, a 10-6 and six record with a 5-3 and three start right before the bye week. Yeah, it's it's funny. We were talking right before we started recording about how we both thought that this was a pretty, a pretty even matchup, and I, I look at it very similarly as I did the – <clears throat> excuse me, the the Eagles game where it was strength versus weakness and strength versus weakness. Obviously, the weakness for both teams is on the defensive side of the ball, whereas the strength is on the offensive side. Andy Dalton, you know, he's he's been utilizing Tyler Boyd to the point that Tyler Boyd is a, a rising star. Um, you have Joe Mixon, who's just a, a dominant running back, can do everything. Um, even with the loss of, of Tyler Eifert and Tyler Croft, you have – uh, CJ Uzuma, who who is emerging and kind of finding his role at tight end. And on the other side, of course, Tampa is just loaded with weapons. And, and as we saw in the in the Browns game, Jameis likes to utilize all of them. You had 10 different receivers uh, or 10 different players re- catch a ball. Um, you know, there's there's some frustration there. And it's funny you say that the a lot of the Bengals fan base is saying, you know, same old Bengals, here we go again. It's very similar in, in that of, of the Buccaneers world. They're talking about how Jameis is not the guy. He makes too many mistakes. They're they're blaming him with with these turnovers that he had against the Browns. You know, I, I've said it on a few shows. You know, when when it was crunch time, when it was time to make your money, Jameis Winston drove them down the field in regulation to get him in field goal range, and Catanzaro just flat out choked. So he did what he needed to do and then had that turnover in overtime, which luckily didn't cost them but very well could have. But you have guys like Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, the the, the twin tight ends in Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, the emerging Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys is being utilized again. There's a lot of weapons there, and the Bengals' defense has not looked real strong. Tampa's defense looked better against Cleveland. They're coming off of firing defense coordinator Mike Smith. Linebackers coach Mark Duffner took over, and you could tell how aggressive they were. You could tell how much he was getting after the quarterback. Then you lose Quan Alexander to a torn ACL, and it changes the entire landscape of the defense in the second half, and the Browns took advantage. So it'll be interesting to see how they can kind of prepare for not having a, a captain of the defense and Quan Alexander there in the middle of the field against a high octane offense in Cincinnati. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. It, it will be. Um, here's the the one thing I'd say is I'm not sure. And I've been about as critical um, as one could be in regards to this Bengals offense, because they got off to such a great start and the, the Tyler Eifert injury, I glossed over it a little bit, and maybe that 
was part of it. Um, but this offense has struggled in recent weeks. They're averaging, um, let's see, off the top of my head, let's let's go with it. 10 points last week, the week before 21. Uh, the week before that, the defense kind of took over against Miami in a game that was really, uh, I think the Bengals scored 13 offensive points. And again, just going off off the top of my head, they had a couple pick sixes in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins. So this Bengals offense put up numbers early, but no Eifert, no Giovanni Bernard. I expect uh, Bernard to be out again this week as they get him ready for for post-bye week play. John Ross re-aggravated his, his groin injury. Um, th- this team's kind of banged up right now uh, offensively. And they went up against Kansas City, which everyone's watched them, right? An historically bad defense through six games. And they made them look good on Sunday night football. Now, part of it might be on the road. Part of it might be uh, because it's Sunday night and Andy Dalton struggles in prime time. Whatever it is, fine. But if that offense does not play better against Tampa Bay, they're going to lose. Uh, so, uh, that yes, they did come into to last week as the sixth highest scoring offense in the league. I, I do think an offense that has – Joe Mixon and A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd still has plenty of potential. I think C.J. Uzama is pretty underrated as well at tight end. But one, they've had some injuries. Uh, and two, the the performance that they had last week against the Chiefs gives me at least some concern, some worry about how many points they can put up against Tampa Bay. And I don't think this Bengals defense can stop the Bucks' offense. So the offense is going to have to show up for the Bengals. And uh, yeah, it, it's you mentioned the injuries on Tampa Bay's defense. It'll be interesting to see what injuries impact who more uh, because the Bengals are going to be shorthanded on Sunday as well on offense. Yeah. And, and before we move on, James, of course, if any of our listeners want to go down or come up to Paul Brown stadium and check out the game, they need to check out our friends at vivid seats. Vivid seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans live entertainment experiences that will last a lifetime with vivid seats our listeners can watch their favorite teams or artists perform in person and you can do so by using promo code locked on to receive twenty dollars off orders of two hundred dollars or more as a new customer to vivid seats just go to the app store or google play and download the vivid seats app use promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter promo code locked on for $20 off $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You you had touched on the the injuries for for the Bengals, and there's one that that sticks out that I haven't heard you mention yet, and I'm not sure if there's been any update or not. But of course, polarizing figure for the <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals is Vontez Perfect, and he sure. did leave the the Chiefs game with an injury. Is there any word on on his likelihood of being able to play Sunday? Is this a, a one to two week injury? You know, what what's going on with Vontez? As we as we record this, and I think we can admit this is Tuesday night when we're recording this. I do not have a Vontez perfect injury update. I know it's a hip issue. Uh, I've been told he was laughing and smiling in the locker room after he was uh, beat down uh, as the, the entire Bengals team was on Sunday night. So uh, what does that mean? It could mean something. It could mean nothing. Um, here's what I will say, though. If Vontez perfect plays, 
he has a lot to prove. If he doesn't play, it might be beneficial for the Bengals, which sounds crazy, but he was awful on Sunday night. And by awful, I mean every sense of awful. He had two tackles. He probably had four missed tackles. I, I talked to multiple football people that I trust, and the Chiefs challenged him mentally, and he was just kind of running around and not sticking to his man and, and letting tight ends get open and, and letting free runners down the middle of the field. Vontez Perfect might have had his worst game as a Bengal the other night, um, and he hasn't been good in, in any of the three games that he's played. He hasn't stood out. He hasn't been that elite linebacker. And, and after last week, uh, or two weeks ago, rather, now uh, against the Steelers when he got fined $112,000 for a couple of questionable hits. It's almost like it in the vibe here. You asked about the vibe initially to start the podcast. It, we're all asking if Vontez Perfect is worth it. It doesn't feel like he's playing at an elite level. And if he's not playing at an elite level, there's no reason to have a guy on your team that's just going to bring headaches. Uh, so he has, he has a lot to prove if he does play. Just guessing, just assuming, I don't think the injury is that serious. That's just me purely speculating without any inside info. I should know more tomorrow. Um, but as of now, yeah, I don't know if he's going to play. But I'm not sure it's a huge loss if he doesn't play, which says a lot, one, about Vontez and, and a lot about the, the Bengals line, linebacker group especially because they're bad. It's not like they're good right now. They're shorthanded. Nick Vigil is going to be out for a couple more weeks, and he was leading the team in tackles before he got injured. So they're thin at linebacker, and Perfect was certainly a liability on Sunday. Um, so if Ver if Perfect doesn't play, I get it. Tampa Bay fans might celebrate and want to. At the same time, I don't know if he's really giving the Bengals much on defense that that's positive right now. So I'm not sure if it's a huge loss. Okay. James, when you look at this game, what do you expect to see out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I expect Tampa Bay to attack 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 the Bengals secondary and, and really come come here and try to throw it all over the field um and I, I i think they can do that i think that when you look at their weapons mike evans deshaun jackson tampa bay kind of has the one-two punch there in those two guys that the Bengals envision with, with john ross and aj green now, i don't expect john ross to play on sunday since he re-aggravated that groin but th those two guys the combination certainly um, is hard to contain. You mentioned the tight ends and that one-two punch that they have in Brayton Howard is such a, a such a safety net for a quarterback. And Jameis Winston, obviously not afraid to go to to either guy. And the Bengals had that to start the year with Eifert, Tyler Croft, and C.J. Uzama. Only one of those guys is still healthy in C.J. Uzama, so they can no longer do that. Um, so if I'm the Bengals, I go into it and you try to – get pressure on Jameis Winston. Unfortunately, the Bengals, at least for them, the Bengals haven't been able to get much pressure. They have two sacks over the past two weeks. Pat Mahomes did basically anything he wanted against them. In the week prior, Big Ben had about 12 seconds to throw on every down. So it was it was one of those days where you knew Ben was, if he was going to have time, he was going to carve you up, and he did. So I really expect the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to light up a Bengals defense that comes in 31st in points allowed at uh, 29 per game, 31st in the NFL in yards allowed, uh, over 400 per game. And they're on pace to shatter uh, the franchise record for most yards allowed in a season through seven weeks, which is, is shocking, really, when you look at the names, at least, on this Bengals defense. They, they have some big names. They certainly have some talent, uh, but they haven't been able to put it together so far this year.
Yeah, and, and I don't have the numbers put up in front of me, but I feel very confident in saying that the only team in the NFL that's allowing more points per game would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, of course, um, you know, Andy Dalton and AJ and Tyler and and those guys will have the opportunity to go up against. You you saw on Sunday Gerald McCoy and Vinnie Curry, two key pieces of the defensive line, were inactive. Yet this defensive line still managed to get five sacks against Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, including mm-hmm. two from hard knock star Carl Nassib. You know that game meant more to him than than any other game on the schedule. But Jason Pierre-Paul has been just an absolute wrecking ball. Uh, he's on pace for 16 sacks this season. He's, he has six so far, uh, at least one in each of the last five games. Um but when you look at at this defense going up against the Bengals offense, as I said earlier, we're not really sure what to expect. Was the the improved performance and and holding the Browns to 23 points and holding them to three of 14 on third downs? Was that a reflection of them being a little more amped up after having cost the defensive coordinator his job because of of the problems? Or is this an improvement that we're going to see continue through the season? And, and linebacker Levante David had said <clears throat> following the game that they kept things simple. You know, the play calls, the coverages that they were running, they practiced like five or six of these coverages. And those were the ones that they used, whereas before they were calling these plays and running these coverages that they hadn't practiced in three, four weeks, or even all the way back since training camp, but we're just expected to remember. Well, the problem is you have a secondary with a rookie in Carlton Davis, a rookie in MJ Stewart. You have a rookie safety in Jordan Whitehead. Um, You do have the veteran Brent Grimes, but then the other safety is a second year player in Justin Evans. These are young guys. You know, these are not, Mm -hmm vested veterans that are going to remember this stuff all the way through. So they, they kind of implemented that, that keep it simple method and it did seem to work. And many Bengals fans will be familiar with Mark Duffner, who was the the defensive coordinator there in Cincinnati. And I believe it was 2001. Um, so that's, that's really the matchup that I'm looking for. Can, can this Bengals offense get back on track and, you exploit a young secondary on a still very bad defense that we're seeing improvement from, but yeah, I'm, I'm by no means sold and utilize AJ green and, and Tyler Boyd and, and these weapons and, and Joe Mixon out of the backfield and, and any kind of pass catching back can spell doom for this defense with the loss of Quan Alexander. So that's really the key matchup that I'm looking for. I do believe that the Buccaneers can put up points against this Cincinnati defense the question is, can the Buccaneers defense do enough to stop the Bengals offense from really mm-hmm. having a big bounce back week? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Look, I, and they, I, I got to be honest with you. The When you describe, oh, there's this rookie and there's this guy, this, and, and I know Brent Grimes is, is a very talented corner, um, but the, the Bengals need to handle their business in this one, right? Like mm-hmm. I, they need to find a way. I've been on them all week about finding a way to set up Joe Mixon for success. I see running backs across the league, whether it's Kareem Hunt, um, Alvin Kamara, all these different guys are are being used in the same draft class, by the way, as Joe Mixon. These second-year players, they're being used to uh, their strengths, and they're being put in a position to succeed 
what I watched last week for for Joe Mixon, literally his pass, his his um, receiving skills are easily the best on the team when you're talking about the running backs, and it's all passes to the flat where he just kind of jogs out there and waits for Andy to throw him the ball as a checkdown option. I want them to to get him uh, on a a slant route potentially or an option route where he's breaking inside or breaking outside and can really take advantage of that. They need to try to find a, a way to get. Joe Mixon in space and, and just from the sound of it it sounds like the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in just knowing what I know about their defense obviously they've given up some points this year this seems like a good week to do it to get Mixon going not only on the ground but in the passing game last week he had three receptions for one yard that's unforgivable and that's how they're using him that isn't necessarily Mixon so I look for them to try to find a way to get him going and uh, if they can then it'll open things up more for, for Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green and really get this offense back to where it was a couple of weeks ago. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they went to Atlanta, and they were just unstoppable. They scored 28 points in the – and I know it's the Atlanta defense, but but they scored 28 points on 24 plays in the first half. Four touchdowns. I mean, they were just – they were a great offense. And, and since then, they've had some injuries, and they need to find a way to – uh, make up for those injuries, and it's up to offensive coordinator Bill Lazor to put the playmakers he does have left in a position to succeed. All right. Well, James, before we get out of here, of course, we have to do our game predictions. And as it sits right now, the Bengals are favored by four and a half points with mm-hmm. a 54 point over under. So Vegas expects this to be somewhat high scoring. Um, and of course, the Bengals are getting are getting that hometown love and and are the favorites as they as they should be, I believe. Um, how do you see this game playing out? What's what's the what's the score going to be? Based on and I haven't seen the forecast yet, but if it's good weather, I, I would say fifty four. I would take the over there. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. the first one that I would definitely jump for. Four and a half. That's interesting. I saw it opened at six, so it's being bet down. I assume that's fan money coming in. And I was a bit shocked that the line opened at at six. When I saw that, I was like, huh, maybe we're overreacting to the Bengals getting just destroyed on the road at at Kansas City. Um, That was the first clue to me because Vegas doesn't operate with emotion, right? They take the emotion out of it. So the six-point line, I certainly lean Tampa there. Four, four, four and a half, um, I still probably lean Tampa Bay, although you could convince me either way. But straight up, I think the Bengals have to win this game. Uh, they absolutely have to, uh, to have a chance to not only rebound before the bye, but have a chance at the playoffs. They, they have a hard schedule, like I mentioned at the top, and getting to five and three would, would get them back on track. It would put them in a position um, to make a run in the second half of the season. The bye smack dab eight games end of the year, they'll get a couple guys back after the bye, including Giovanni Bernard. I think he's close to returning. So this team, it's still right there, even though the fan base is reeling a little bit. If you take a step back and look, a lot of teams are going to lose to Pittsburgh. A lot of teams are going to lose at Carolina, and a lot of teams are going to lose at Kansas City. Those are tough losses, um, but they, they got to handle their business Sunday, and I think it's going to be a tough one. Uh, if they don't have Vontez perfect, as much as I, I exaggerated there a little bit, I think it still is a loss, but he was dreadful on Sunday. And maybe you get a motivated Vontez perfect who could redeem himself on Sunday against Tampa Bay. But I'll, I'll take the Bengals. I'll say by three. Um, I'll say Bengals 30, 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27. What about okay. you? Who do you got? Well, and, and when you mentioned it, I just looked up the forecast. Right now they're saying 54 and a 50% chance of rain. Oh, see, so, I, if it's going to be rainy, I'm taking the under. So just just so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and if it's a if it's a heavy rain, you're going to lean real heavily on the run game and that's advantage Bengals. Um, you know, with with Joe Mixon leading the the um leading the charge there, I I would take him over the combination of Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. I just think Mixon is the is the more talented running back. Um yeah, I, I look at it as another one of those games where it's going to be really the last team with the ball wins. Um, I do think it's going to be high scoring. I will take the over. Um, at the end of the day, I think that the Buccaneers defense, if they come out and play the way they did against Cleveland, and I understand they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter, the offense put them in some pretty bad positions in that fourth quarter. So did the special teams, letting Jabril Peppers return a punt uh, like 50 yards all the way inside the 15-yard line. You know, there's not much you can do there. You're, you're starting with with your, uh, your back against the wall. But if we can see Duffner be as aggressive as he was against Cleveland and pl- the, the players play the way they did against Cleveland, I think the Buccaneers can come into Paul Brown and get the upset. So I'm taking the Buccaneers 33 to 27 over the Bengals. You Homer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's funny you say that I've picked the bucks to win twice this year. Yeah. It, it's it, you're it's I, uh, I've haven't been great. So I'll break it down real quick. The Bengals won week one. I got that right. I had them losing week two. They won. I had them winning week three. They lost. I had them losing week four. They won. Um, so it, it's been one of those where, where it's been up and back and, and I I've been, haven't been able to, to get a finger on the, the prediction there. So take it with a grain of salt for sure. Yeah. Well, and I was the person that picked the saints to win. And then I picked the Eagles to win. And I said, I'll fall on the sword and I'll pick against the bucks every single week. If they're going to come out and blow up the way that they have. Um, and the first game, of course, that I picked them to win was the Bears game when Mitchell Trubisky decided to look like a Hall of Famer. I'm still not sure exactly how that happened. You, you know um, what's going to happen? Here, you ready? You're, this is what's going to happen. Just be Ryan Fitzpatrick's healthy, right? I'm just making sure. Yes, yes. He's, he's 100% healthy. Okay. Um, Jameis Winston is going to leave for for not, not a super serious injury, but it's going to be something. And Fitzmagic is going to start against his former team. Um, and the reason I say this is I think back to Bruce Gradkowski and I forget the year, but Bruce Grad Gradkowski comes, I think it was 2010 comes into Paul Brown stadium. And this is when it's Chad Johnson and T.O. I believe it was 2010. 2010 would have been Josh Freeman. Okay. So, so not that year. Either way it it was, it was, uh, Bruce Gradkowski. So it was probably a few years prior to that. Oh, eight, maybe. It was still the Gruden era. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at that that 0708 range, yeah. Either way, Bruce Gradkowski <laughs> comes in and beats the Bengals. It was probably 07 because they were awful in 08 and we still had expectations for the Bengals in 07. And they beat the Bengals here at Paul Brown Stadium. And that's just he ended up playing for the Bengals and, and he was a, you know, had a really good backup career, but that's just how it works. Um <laughs> so so I could totally see that happening where after the game and I do visiting locker room for the Bengals uh, radio network after the game 
where I'm stuck there interviewing Ryan Fitzpatrick about he has to come in in relief of uh, of Jameis Winston and throw the game-winning touchdown pass. I could totally see that happening on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did ask quite a few Bengals fans around here if you know after after week two, I said, "Don't you wish Fitzpatrick had played this way when he was in Cincinnati?" And- <laughs> he showed flashes back in in, in those days, but uh, they were just that was such a bad roster in 08 when he was here. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, James. Well, I certainly appreciate some of your time tonight. It's been fun previewing this game. And and for everyone listening, make sure you're checking out everything going on over on, on Twitter, at LockedOnBucks, at LockedOnBangles. I'm at JayArco underscore Bucks. And, of course, James is at James Rapine. That's R-A-P-I-E-N on Twitter. Again, James, thank you so much. Look forward to uh, to talking to you on Sunday down at the game. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's definitely meet up, say hi, and uh, hopefully, here's the thing. Regardless of how the game goes, right, whoever wins, fine. But let's hope that it's it's a entertaining game because I don't want another Sunday night game where it's a blowout <laughs> by the by half time. Okay. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, oh, you want a blowout? I see. Okay. No, <laughs> my goodness, root for a blowout. See the homer. The homer line was true. No, it's just, you know, Buck's Twitter can be such a vile place when everyone's on tilt. And I think a blowout win might ease a few of my headaches for the next week. Twelve. Because there's a pie. It'd be 12 days of talking about a beatdown at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That can't happen, James. That cannot happen. All right, fine. We'll we'll go entertaining game. Both of our both of our score predictions would be entertaining. So, you know, we'll we'll go with those. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for joining me, James. Really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to another Crossover Wednesday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.